We have already started off our segment with Virginia Cavalier football analyst and former UVA wide receiver great Ahmad Hawkins on a winning note compared to the last time, at least, when Inner Sandman happened to be the rejoin music that greeted him. I thought it was a win. You know, I mean, you did as a Virginia Tech alum, but as a Virginia Cavalier alum, Ahmad Hawkins, thankfully, did not give us a dial tone. In fact, he has been willing to give us his time again today in the fast lane. And Ahmad, yes, you have taken me to task for some of my thoughts on the Virginia Cavalier football team uh, at I Am Ballhawk, your social media handles. You did it to me at fast lane. Lane. See, that's why I'm excited about this. It's like someone's going after you. Yes, I get, I'm excited about this. You know, it is the even, case. Even if it's about UVA, I'm excited about this. Well, we will get to that in a moment, Ahmad. But first and foremost, do you accept our forgiveness? And can you at least give us praise that we corrected the flaw of Inter Sandman being your rejoin music? I mean, you can bring me into Sandman because last time I was there... I put out the Sandman, so I'm good with that. Sandman <laughs> don't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I got an issue with Sandman. Boy, we know you serve up the STHU juice. The real talk is two. already flowing, too. I think I was two when that happened. Just, just want to throw that out there. I mean, I remember it. I watched it Thanksgiving weekend with my family. I didn't know who Ahmad Hawkins was or was not. I knew who he was. I didn't know him. Now we do, so it's a little different. But times have changed, apparently, Ahmad. Now, now you have the unfortunate pleasure of knowing me. Yeah, it's definitely changed. I mean, the thing is, man, he was two years old, but if it's pertaining to me, that song doesn't affect me. Like, I'm that song's daddy. Like, you know, that's just what it is. <laughs> I mean, he does have bragging rights. He went into Blacksburg and got the victory. Um, even though it was a little bit of a while ago, we're not going to date you or, or anything like that, Ahmad. No need to do that here in the fast lane. Um, oh, you, you already did it. That was sneaky. You did it. <laughs> I mean, hey, but we're reliving glory days for you. I hope that's okay yeah. at least. No, nah, it definitely was a glory day. Yeah, it was a long time ago. A long, long time ago. Just having fun. Now, for the Virginia Cavalier football team, you know, a part of what I've said in large part has been it's kind of, you know, put up or shut up time, maybe a blunt way of saying it, but it's a show me time for Tony Elliott and his staff. They changed the offensive personnel. They wanted to get their own guys in. They've got them in right now. Not a lot is expected out of them. It doesn't mean they cannot exceed those expectations. But, you know, when we spoke with Tony Elliott a couple of weeks ago with the ACC football kickoff and those interviews are up, fast lane, lane, wherever our listeners choose to uh, access those interviews, they were blunt about being fine with the fact that not only are people not necessarily putting them high up on the radar, but that they're in a prove-it spot because that's the way they would actually prefer it to be where it's not a lot of talk about them. They're just focusing on their business. Have you gathered that's the same sentiment through the first couple of weeks of camp? Yeah, I've gathered that, and that's that's been sort of the trend here at UVA. Like, um, When it comes to football, nobody expects a lot out of us. And if we do, if we are favorite, it's just almost like what nobody else could be favorite. You know, it's like 2019 when they did put us at number one, expected to win because of Bryce Perkins. It was like, well, everybody else is not really strong. So this year, like, it just amazes me how Virginia catches the brunt of like Tony Elliott has to show up this year because we struggled last year. But yeah, like we was the only team that struggled in the ACC last year. But us, looking at our roster on paper, we trash compared to everybody else. But it's one of the things that we're like. You can't let somebody's opinion dictate your journey and, and how you work and your destination. So it's one of the things that is the reason why you play the game. All you can do is line up. Now, the schedule is definitely tough. So I understand why, why folks don't think we would be successful. But 
we play some of those teams that they got ranked above us, and that's all we can control. You mentioned the schedule part. That is one element, and that's one of the biggest concerns that I have is not just the change in personnel, but the fact that the schedule is extremely challenging to start off. At Tennessee, JMU, which is mm-hmm. a very good new 1A team uh, and an in-state rival, the first game at home. And then Maryland's a bowl team, and don't sleep on William & Mary, a team that's in the top 10 of 1AA FCS football. Uh, because of that, that, that does give me cause for concern um, for Virginia. Where do you see them being able to best combat those challenges? And you know, I'll be blunt and throw this in there. Tennessee may be a bit of a mountain to climb, but after that, they're winnable games, even if they're not favored. Where do you see Virginia being equipped to be able to handle those challenges? I mean, our defense. Defense travels. We're very good up front. Um, I like our safeties. Uh, we have to you know, replace two all-ACC corners from last year's defense. Uh, so that that's going to be something that we have to watch. And then, our linebackers have to, to come to play, but I feel like defensively, you know, we'll be right there to keep us in the game. Offensively, we just have to take care of the football, um, eliminate a lot of drops that we had last year. We got new personnel at quarterback, new personnel wide receiver, and um, really control the line of scrimmage if we can by utilizing our running backs. You know, we got Pace who, who transferred from Clemson to come in and give us, you know, the attic spark and depth. So, it's just one of the things where it's a question mark, but it's a good thing because as much as people downplay who we have on offense, you don't know until we show up at the game. So right now we're hanging our hat on defense. You mentioned defense, and particularly the off- the defensive line. Um, we'll get to the other one right now, Chico Bennett, who is extremely mm-hmm. talented, suffered the non-contact injury in the scrimmage on Saturday. Um, no word on what that is, but just when I hear non-contact injury, you know, I, I hate saying worst-case scenario pops into my mind, but you've just seen so many of these in football that that's the reality. Presuming he's out for a period of time, however long that is, how equipped is the rest of this defensive line to still be able to apply pressure on the quarterback and stop the run? I mean, we definitely, that's where we are, we have the most depth. So if Chico is out, um, you know, Cam's still available, Akir is still available, like we got guys that can still rush the passer. Um, so that's one of the positions that if somebody went down, we can still maintain that intensity. You can't replace a Chico Ben because he's a high-level player. But that's one of the areas that if an injury took place, we feel like we can manage. At I Am Ballhawk is the Twitter account uh, and Instagram as well to keep up with our current guest, Virginia Cavalier sideline reporter and football analyst Ahmad Hawkins with us in the fast lane. Hawk, um, the, the defense you mentioned right now, particularly the defensive front, do they look more like what Chris Slade has wanted, which is longer players that can really disrupt, not just in terms of getting after the quarterback, but also getting into passing lanes and dropping back into coverage and being more versatile? I mean, I don't know if they got, you can say they, you know, we, they, they're longer because they're the same guy, so they didn't grow. So, I mean, they're pretty much the same build, but just as far as the get off and explosiveness and, and working their pass moves, um, they're getting to his liking, but. They're not going to be Chris, you know. That's a lot of th- a lot of times with former players, you just got to realize like you were a special specimen, um, and what you you got to work with what you have. And I think he's done that. And uh, Coach Rudd does a good job of of scheming and allowing those guys to run games with our uh, one technique and three technique, and then just putting guys in different positions to be successful. Um, you know, guys like Aaron Fumuli just being so versatile that it allows us to do a lot up front. So. Um, to answer your question, I don't think guys really got longer, but we do have some guys that 
we recruited and that's have developed that has that body type that he that he likes that can make some waves this year. Shifting over to the offensive side of the ball, that's been the biggest question mark for so many fans. On paper, the the perception is they had the same players last year, but the system did not work for them, and now those talented players are gone and replaced by players that are not as talented. That's perception. Doesn't mean it's reality, but that's a perception that's been out there. What can you dispel about that idea and how these players may actually be a better fit to execute what Tony Elliott wants? My my you know, my synopsis from last year is that we just didn't execute. Like guys were getting open. The ball was getting to where it had to go. Guys dropped the ball or it was a bad throw. Like we're in a result based business. So if the numbers drop, you just feel like, oh, the scheme doesn't work. But you gotta factor in context. Like it were catchable footballs that would drop. It was guys open and maybe been overthrown or underthrown. So it's a lot of things that come into play, but the very easy, like the easiest thing to do is say, what changed? Coach and I left, Coach Kitchens came, aha. That's the difference because with Coach and I, these guys moved mountains, but with Coach Kitchens, they didn't, but they didn't drop as many passes with Coach and I. So, yes, Coach Kitchens has to get better in some of the situational football and hold yourself accountable. Yes, we have to do better up front. But we can't just ignore the fact that we just didn't finish like we did the year before. And 50 drops, that's a lot. Like, there's nowhere around. As a former receiver, I can't put that on my coach. I dropped the ball. Is this pass-catching group better equipped to change that? Um, you hope so. You hope that they put they, they um, lock in and, and finish at the end of the day. I really like what J.R. and Malachi feels. That's definitely been showing. Uh, Washington, um, our transfer from Northwestern, he's been showing showing up at a high level, being reliable in the slot. Uh, Demich, um has gotten better on the outside of being more consistent because every game he plays, he's going to be the fastest guy on the field. You know, he runs a sub 10-4, 10-5, and 100. He did that with our track team. So just getting him to be more consistent. And then we got some young guys, um, some true freshmen that are that are making waves. So, um, Coach Mims is definitely getting, you know, getting those guys prepared. And the guys that we lost, that's a, that was a special group. I know they struggled last year, but it was special in their own right. And we saw what they did two years ago. So it's just one of the things that these guys have big shoes to fill, but they got to create their own shoes as well. At I am Ball Hawk, Twitter and Instagram to keep up with Ahmad Hawkins uh, on the social media platforms. We're at Fast Lane, Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts and social media, Trey Lalvi T as well. Um, Tony Musket at quarterback. He doesn't have the accolades and the proven uh, performance and numbers of a Brendan Armstrong, but is he a better fit for what Tony Elliott wants to do? Do you have an, a clear thought or answer on that right now? I think he uh, so. Like, play what? Like, you can't say he's. I say he's a better fit just because he's a blank canvas. Like he's coming to Virginia for mom, and so it's a clear canvas of never having success at Virginia in the offense. So you're gonna be very receptive and not fall back on. Well, I used to do this, so it can be better in that sense. Is he a better quarterback than Brendan? Brendan was special here, man. Like I know he struggled last year. That dude was special, and before last year, showing. Everybody had him as one of the top quarterbacks in the ACC. So I can't jump on a limb and say he's better, but I'll say he's better for the mindset of the approach of the offense and being receptive within the offense. And that's not saying Brendan was not. 
it's just very difficult to take somebody. This is basketball, and somebody was in a uh, you know a four or five flat, and they got to go one on one, and now you put them in a motion offense or a block removal with Tony Bennett, and you ask them to share the basketball, and they don't have enough time to really dance. They're going to look different, and that that was Brendan last year. Ahmad Hawkins with us here in the fast lane. You hear him on the sidelines for Virginia Cavalier football games as he's an analyst and sideline reporter and former UVA great wide receiver. Ahmad, last question, the one that so many fans have been just waiting with bated breath to hear you answer. The offensive <laughs> line. Not wide receivers, but the offensive line. Um, they don't get a lot of attention, but you know they lost guys. Now they have a new coach from 2J to Coach Hef. Not Hugh Hefner, yep. God rest his soul, of course. But Hef comes west to east, Terry Heffernan from Stanford to Virginia. Again, how much does this offensive line system mesh better with the personnel and what Tony Elliott wants to do, which could translate into better results for this team? Yeah, I mean, right now, I don't know how they mesh. I mean, they, they have a good teacher in our defensive line, first of all, but also Coach H coming from Stanford, just learning those guys and being very fluid and having those guys be uh, flexible as far as playing various positions just to see what they do best. Um, and those guys have to gel together. Like at UV, at the University of Virginia, over the years, anytime we've had a successful football team, it started up front. And that's, that's not going to change. Like in order for us to be successful, it's going to start with the five up front. And those guys understand that. And it's all about gelling, understanding each other, learning the strength and weaknesses of each other, and knowing the checks together knowing how to play off each other, tandem blocks. So there's so many moving parts that these young men have to graduate to in order to be consistently successful. And, you know, schematically you got to help them out and, you know, shorten the game up, whether you're running the football, short passing game, running screens, things like that, to help alleviate the deficiencies that they may have. Ahmad, thank you for your time today in the fast lane. Um, the STHU juice that you served up to me wasn't as painful as I thought it was going to nah, be. No, I didn't serve. I took a note. I didn't serve juice. I just got a, I just got a mental note. I'm, I'm bookmarking. You know, I feel like people jumping, you know, off the ledge too much. Like, how is Georgia Tech rated better than that? How? Like, how is that? He's saving it for I the end of the year. What's I got that? it. I said he's saving it for the end of the year. Like, I respect that. Yeah, you know, I'm saving it, man. I'm just, I'm just, you know, we filling the cups up. You know, we we putting it on chill. But for for everybody to pick us last, and then some guy saying we the worst power five. I'm like, good gracious, like we the we the whipping child. It's easy to kick us, huh? Don't worry, there's Northwestern, so you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't hey, buddy, don't don't forget your squad ain't went too many games. But hey, we just don't let that marinate, you know. Good luck I, to y'all, though, man. Good luck to y'all. They're guaranteed to win one this year, and it's the one at the end of the year. That's all oh! I got to say. That's all I got to say. I didn't hear that. Say it again. Say it one more time. I, I said they're guaranteed to win one, and it's the game at the end of the year because uh, based mm-hmm. off of math, they, they're they're going to win that game. Yes, so is, it, is the math 100%? It's like 99.9%. No, 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 no. Is it 100? It's probably 100. Yes. So, it's you can't say, so a guarantee is 100, correct? I'll guarantee it. I will guarantee oh, Virginia oh, Tech whoa, whoa, will be no. Virginia this is year. A guar- is a guarantee 100? Because you said based off math. So yeah. you went to Tech. You're showing me you went, went to Tech. The- is 100% means guarantee. <laughs> I got a journalism degree. I didn't do math. Right? Well, I'm not talking about your guarantee because you said the numbers show. And the numbers show you're lying. You're a Marvin. You're the daddy right now. You lied. Okay? 
Well, based off the, if you want to go by the time, the next time Virginia should beat Virginia Tech, based off of the last time it happened, you have to add 16 oh, years from 2019. Off. So you got a little now ways to go. Off. I mean, geez, my name is Ed Lane. It's not God rest his soul, Mills Lane, the great referee from Celebrity Deathmatch. And the you know, I just like, I just like when folks throw stuff out there. That's why Petty Hawk just be like, ah, 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 that that barbershop move ain't gonna work on me, G. No, sir. You better, hey, clear it up. So now he cleaned it up and said, based off your analysis. Now you Dexter's laboratory, huh? You're a scientist, huh? I said math. I said the last time they won. So the last time Virginia beat Virginia Tech was 2019. 19, yeah. And then to go before that is 2003. That's 16 years in between. That means you have another... I can't do math. Let's see. So that's five, like 11 years. No, you years. already showed that you can't do math by your first statement. So you ain't got to clarify that. As long as I knew you 2 good. plus 2 equals 4, I'm okay. Yeah. Just know that same year, y'all ran off a quarterback that's now in the NFL, too. So, hmm. Uh, very true. Um, I <laughs> don't disagree with that. <laughs> I don't disagree with that. <laughs> but he's, hey, right. the coach isn't man, there anymore, to be fun, fair. No, nah, man. And I do want to say I appreciate Virginia Tech. Um, all their condolences and reaching out when we had the tragedy and also agreeing to, to not play the game. And, I mean, agreeing to come back here this year because they didn't have to do that because the game was scheduled to be here. So I do want to make sure I put that on the record. I do appreciate that. But when, when we line it up, I don't appreciate y'all no more after that. That's fair. It's Dude, very reasonable. He's got until November to appreciate Virginia Tech, and then once November like twenty fifth hits, he'll just turn it. He'll turn it back on. I got you. I got you. I got you, man. I got you. Hey man, just take care of Fontel, man. We appreciate y'all taking care. of him. He's doing a great right. job, so I, I yeah. we hope so. And you know why? He's also a Richmond guy. So I'm just saying, all these eight hundred four guys are cut are built different, like me. Yeah, y'all are built different. You're right about that. Salute to the 804. I ain't got nothing bad to say about the 804. I like the 804. Very I like reasonable. Mama J's. Ahmad, thank you for your time in the fast lane, and more importantly, thank you for tolerating Trey. As I get to moderate I like Trey, man. Trey's a good disputes. guy, man. I like I like his banner, man. So you you did well at putting Trey right there beside. He does a great job. You know, for the most part, that's very true. But sometimes he just likes to spar with our guests. And at which point, you know, like I said, I go from being Ed Lane to Mills Lane, the great boxing referee. That's his name. Petty Trey now. Petty Trey. I can be very petty. I will admit that. Oh, very very true. At least he owns it. Hawk, thank you for your time today in the fast lane. It is a pleasure. We always enjoy chatting with you and look forward to doing it again. Always a pleasure. Trey, wahoo wah. Say it with me. One, two, three. Wahoo wah. Wahoo wah. Go ahead. No. There we go. No. <laughs> I did it for Trey. <laughs> awesome. I'm on Hawkins with us here in the fast lane. That does do it for us today. Very delayed, but, you know, Trey had to get his barbs in. And Ahmad had to defend himself. So I here was, we are. I Hey. I, I invested a lot of money into Virginia Tech, or my parents did, so I have to. Yeah, I mean, I guess you got to take up for your parents' honor. Uh, more on the Hokies, by the way, tomorrow in the fast lane. Mike Burnup, Virginia Tech analyst, steps into the fast lane. A big thanks to Hawk, as well as Josh Sims and Trey Lyle today. Back tomorrow afternoon, 5 to 6, on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. Now belated, time to go live.